0: لو كنت in Rau-
1: I am Almatluti. You're in upstate New York. Welcome to HIA.
2: Hi. Thank you for having me.
1: So nice to have you. So tell me a little bit uh, about what you've been uh, doing in the past few months. I know you probably your musical activity has been slowed down, to say the least. So tell me what you're, what you're doing. You just traveled to Tunis. Uh, you've been recording some music. What, what are you listening to? How are you keeping busy? What are you thinking about?
2: Yeah. This is a big topic. (laughs) So I was, uh, I think I had my last performance in Germany, uh, early March. And then I went to Tunisia to visit my family and then all of my shows started, uh, started being canceled. And then all of a sudden my flight got canceled and, um, I just decided that it was time for me, you know, to just slow down and and relax and take advantage of the fact that for the first time, uh, I was able to just stay with my family and not think, not have a clock ticking, you know, so I kind of enjoyed that part really much and then when it started really getting long and I started really realizing that I wasn't probably going since I missed a few opportunities to fly. And then quickly I switched and I decided to actually resume my musical activities. It started when people started doing lives. So actually the first inspiration was uh, there's this Tunisian dancer and showgirl. uh, She started uh, doing lives from her home dancing and she basically offered to dance for people every night as long as they stay home this was like the really early days of of confinement so inspired by that I decided to do a live every night and at that time I had all my musical gear here at home so I didn't have anything so I'm like what the hell I will just sing a cappella and I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed it in a way where I felt how important it was for people to receive music in their homes. And I really felt the connection of how good it was doing. You know, uh, it's the first time that that you see the result right away. And you see people commenting and saying, like, you know, this made my day. This is really helping me so obviously i didn't that every night because you know it's still a lot of stress to go to go on <laughs> even if not, if it's not a stage and so i started like doing them every now and then and then eventually i got a lot of invitations uh with different platforms uh and different organizations like amnesty and um it was various i really liked the way i was booked you know to do these different shows it was really different people from different backgrounds and at the same time i decided to start my own project which is to record an a live album almost live album so i started rehearsing more and more the songs because usually i never i never perform acoustic by myself it's very very rare and uh I remember my early days back in 2008 and 2009 that's how I started so I haven't really performed seriously since that period and I got to the point where I really started enjoying it artistically because I didn't think that was possible because I really like the the instrumentation that exists in my music I really like all the production work because artistically I'm more and more interested in production and creating soundscape, et cetera. But this time I'm like, you know what? I really like to make out of um, a a tough situation. I always, to me, that really inspires me a lot. And I swore to myself that I was going to make the best music uh, no matter what. So I started recording this acoustic album and it led me to um, revisit some songs that I used to cover throughout all these years. And I thought it was a good idea to just revisit them in a way where, because now I really feel that I'm I myself artistically and I created a style. So now was the time for me to revisit those songs with the feelings of the time and, uh, and my interpretation. And eventually I, I realized that it was something that I was really going to release eventually in a, in a, few, in a few months, hopefully.
1: I hope so too. That's interesting because, of course, your music is very uh, rich and multi layered with many, many different influences, which we'll talk about in a bit. But early on, a lot of uh, your influences were folk, John Baez, pop folk, I guess, uh, like John Lennon. Um, so that's interesting that you're coming back to folk in a way. And is it still informed by the same uh, passion for political singing and poetry?
2: That's interesting. Uh, I didn't think about it that way, uh, but it's true that for, for many years I, I really evolved in, into making my musical environment much richer and I'm interested in discovering new sounds and new ways of, of uh, flipping all music concepts. But uh, I think this confinement kind of um, put me in um, reconciliation with the most simple ways of doing music, and um, I liked the the way that I just turned into it in a a very natural and spontaneous way, and um, I wasn't fighting against that anymore. And I think I I always found a way to uh, connect the dots also, but not just like a turning turning, uh, back moment, but really uh, keep the evolution by creating my own acoustic sound, something that I didn't really work on in my early days. It was just, you know, I was playing guitar and singing and, and that was it, but this time I'm trying to create a sound so i i don't have like a, a conflict <laughs> with that anymore i think uh i think i just got to the point where music is beautiful no matter what the format is
1: so it's really uh, the essence that you're you're meditating on the essence of music and words i guess
2: yeah you said it you said it that's that's exactly it you know the essence i i really at first, I was seeing like all these musicians in their homes, with their home studios and their keyboards, their guitars, their cables, and their sounds. And I was really, <laughs> I was really frustrated that I wasn't able to, you know, play around with my stuff because in the in the usual life, uh, you're whether touring or dealing with your projects, and you're never really left on your own (laughs) to experiment and explore so i was very frustrated that that time i was away from where i could really explore and dig and, and and create but very quickly i'm like you know i'm gonna turn it into a strength i'm gonna turn it into you know music doesn't need any any luxurious equipment you know we can we can create and I was lucky enough because uh, <laughs> one of one of my Facebook contacts uh, we we were able to meet at the, in the parking lot and we exchanged from far away guitar and uh, it was uh, his um, it was a guitar obviously that he doesn't have to use all the time so it wasn't a great guitar but it was also a classic guitar which which is a guitar I haven't played in ever <laughs> like in, in in a long time. Uh, so my fingers weren't used to the, you know, because the strings are different, they're much thicker. <laughs> so I had to, like, relearn, and it was very good for me because recently I started learning piano, so I kind of gave up a little on the guitar, and I don't really play it on on stage. So it really connected me with my roots, and I I, I came back to really explore, you know, different notes and chords and try to even like write some stuff.
1: That's wonderful. So what are the songs that um, you covered on the album and, and which ones did you write yourself?
2: So I'm not going to say a lot, but uh, what I covered so far, they are songs that I've always really loved and that I've always loved performing as well because it's two different things. Um, there's songs that I love and that I wanted to cover, but I didn't think they were... Going to I I, w- I didn't think I was going to give a strong proposal. So um, one of the songs that I'm really really proud of is uh, something in a way from Nirvana. It's it's a song that always felt like really different from everything else that I loved from them. And i these the songs that I covered I feel that they they kind of were all w- written for me <laughs> in a way. <laughs> There's also um, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath from Black Sabbath. You know, like I grew up listening to Metallica. So I knew Black Sabbath throughout Metallica's cover. And I was ignorant until not too long ago. I never really uh, got acquainted with Black Sabbath's music. And then recently I started listening to it with my daughter and we both really loved it. And I was like this is this is the essence of everything that I've been hearing and doing I want to I want to do like a tribute album I want to do you know I have to get so much inspiration from these guys so eventually when I heard the song I stopped everything and was like what is this who's who's singing this and when I started to record my covers I remembered it, but I couldn't remember the name. So I wrote a bunch of people like, you remember that day when we were sitting at this place and at some point there was a song and I asked for it. <laughs> so eventually I was able to get the, the, the track and I was lucky enough because one of the guys that I was sitting with is a huge fan of Black Sabbath. So he was able to remember the moment I asked him <laughs> three months ago, what was the song that we heard? So anyways, uh, and I I felt that that song was so powerful for the for the moment, for now and for when I'm going to release it. And I think that in a way also it was written for my voice because it just felt like one of those melodies that I I really love to sing.
1: So when we talked earlier about the essence of music and for you, uh, the voice plays a really important role, of course. Um, So what is the essence of music and how can you really touch others? How can you impact others with your voice?
2: I think the most uh, powerful way to impact others is to be, to be true and honest in your expression and in your speech. And uh, I, th- I think that music is the best way to show the best of us, the best in us, emphasize empathy, emphasize unity, emphasize strength, emphasize solidarity. And, you know, beauty in the most broader sense, because I believe that the most beautiful thing that humans were able to create is is art. And that always reminds us that we can do better and that we can do great and that we can do it together.
1: I agree. So you were part of a very important revolutionary movement and moment in the Arab world. Now we're witnessing an important revolutionary moment here in the U.S., and I think it's also going to become global very quickly, so tell me what have you been thinking about in terms of your own experience of revolution and how it's impacted uh, the region we're from and and how you're kind of experiencing this moment we're in right now?
2: Well, I think we're living very interesting times in that i'm 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 very, very happy that we're we're reaching the point where we're <laughs> we're pretty much close to 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 choose a, a different a different way of of living you know for all of us i think it's i think everything is deriving from one uh from one thing you know like racism, imperialism, you know um, the crisis in, 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 in the nature crisis etc. all of it is is deriving from capitalism, which is a system that's built on um, exploitation and built on uh, inequalities. So I think that's what we need to fight. And I feel that with what's happening now, people are more and more conscious that in a in a more fair system, there wouldn't be space for injustice. There wouldn't be space for uh, consumerism. There wouldn't be space for individualism. There wouldn't be space for violence. So. I don't think it's a it's a it's a utopic utop, utopist way of speaking anymore. I think we're reaching the point where we're realizing that we can't we can't sustain this way of living anymore. You know, and soon enough, we're not gonna have choice because otherwise, we're just gonna go extinct. <laughs>
1: And that was your topic of your most recent album, correct?
2: Absolutely. So I, I now I have more words to to express that clearer. But eventually, yeah, ultimately, I think this is this was all boiling inside me when I started writing this the, the album uh, that uh, was released uh, this year last September. Everywhere we looked was burning. Uh, I started writing it over three years ago, and. Um, it was my first attempt to write in English, uh, really properly write a full album in English. I have a few songs in Arabic on the album, but most of it was written in English. So I didn't have really uh, the assurance. Uh, I didn't exactly determine the topics that I was going to talk about. I didn't, I, I, I didn't have like a, a pre-fixed idea. Uh, usually when I make albums, usually I I have been writing songs and then eventually I sit down with all of them, I make a selection, I change a few things and I start. But this time I really started from zero. Like I didn't have, I had like a few loops and a few ideas here and there. Uh, But when I started writing, I, yeah, surprisingly, I feel like now that all all of those songs and, and lyrics I wrote were, pretty much uh, prophetic. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, every, every time I think of uh, releasing a video, because obviously most of the songs, I, I released like already three videos, I think, or four, four videos, but I'm still pretty much interested in releasing videos and I feel that the time is even more <laughs> in, uh, in connection with the song um which is i mean artistically of course it's it's to feel that you're you have been on the right track and you, that you are on the right track is definitely a source of uh, satisfaction uh, but of course you know i wish i wish it was it wouldn't you know um like right now we're um, we just finished working on a video for the the title song of the album, Everywhere We Looked Was Burning. And um, my idea has always been for that particular song to not really be on the video. I didn't feel like creating and writing a script and you know acting. I just wanted to get images from the real life. And like all of a sudden, as we were wrapping the video, revolts riv- 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 erupted here. And so, I felt the obligation to include what's happening here, too. Um, And so, I was... Initially, we were thinking of releasing the video in July, and I was... I was concerned, and then my label was telling me, but, you know, unfortunately, your song will still be relevant. And then, like, all of a sudden, everything exploded here, and I'm like, no. (laughs) It's now, you know? we have to seize this moment because things a lot of people are saying things will never be the same that's not true things will be the same if we don't create laws if we don't change the rules like we can we can protest we can burn the streets but the examples keep repeating so i think now we're we're at the core at the center of the problem in the country where you know everything <laughs> everything started all the there's a lot of positive things about this country, but there's a lot of bad that happened and started here, like capitalism, you know, like the, the, the um, crazy, you know, that we're being slaves of Facebook and slaves of our smartphones. And, you know, like we're, we're like zombies. So it's good that, you know, that it burns here poetically. <laughs> uh, so that it's like a domino, you know, effect. If, if the revolution doesn't happen everywhere, the revolution that leads to have everybody have the same rights and the same opportunities and the same, then, then we will always fall to the same scenario.
1: Did you feel that the revolutions in the Arab world um, led to positive changes?
2: Well, some, some did, definitely, some didn't, um, but that's because of foreign interventions. There's always, a, I, I like to uh, always cite the example of Che Guevara who, with the bad and the good but, that he did, but he always believed that their mission wasn't done when, 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 when the revolution succeeded in Cuba, that they had to uh, spread revolution all over Latin America, in Africa, and fortunately he was killed and you know, he couldn't uh, carry on that project. But um, yeah, if the revolution had to happen all across the Arab region, you know, like in all the countries, uh, because we specifically as a region has a have a big, bad history and a big problem with dictatorship. So unfortunately, that didn't happen. And then eventually, the little sparks that happened here and there got eaten.
1: So talk to me now about your involvement as an artist in the revolution, especially um, as it began in Tunisia, it was a very important moment. And you were there and you had a very powerful impact. You know, years later, almost a decade later now, uh, just try to share these moments with me and also what you learned from these moments, how you grew as an artist from these moments. They were very difficult, I'm sure.
2: So I think from as far as I remember, Obviously, I grew up um, in an environment, it wasn't really revolutionary, but my dad uh, has a very uh, revolutionary background, like, but even when he settled and had a family life and uh, he taught us, you know, strong and important values, you know, so I've always felt like a rebel. I, I always felt that I needed to break free from all the chains and all the rules and all the traditions and all of that. I've, I've always felt that I, I needed a different path. And, um, and soon enough, I, I realized that um, living in Tunisia was very suffocating. Even without understanding um, much of the political landscape, I, I, I was still able to understand that there was nothing, there was nothing for youth to become thinking people and to encourage youth to dream and to widen their ideas. And, you know, so it was pretty much very, very fastly understood. So I think I've always had it in me and um, I, I've always tried to find the use for myself and uh, the use, uh, I found it throughout music because um, when I started really listening to Musicians that have a very beautiful um, uh, artistic experience, but also had uh, had a message in their music, and that uh, really um, uh, was was very fascinating to me, and really um, had me. Uh, I was very driven, you know, by those by those songs, and I thought that I have found it. I found my purpose. If I I could create a music that could make other people feel what I was feeling, then it would be a great thing. So I don't know if I succeeded in doing that, but at least in some part <laughs> I did. And uh, I've always felt strong and hopeful um, when I when I was singing or when I was um, writing music. And to this day, like even now that... I have to deal with the with the changes in the music industry and to defend my position as an independent artist and independent thinker I, I I realize that every time that I'm involved in a musical project, that's the time when I feel strong and invincible, and uh, I feel that i could I could leave an impact in the world.
1: Do you feel that you did leave an impact? I mean, I know you did and and if so. How do you feel that that impact remained in history?
2: I don't know, but I, I, what I see from, where I, from what I see on social media, now that we can really have access to our audiences, um, I can see that it means a lot for a lot of people that I do. I don't know how many of those people are, but <laughs> it, makes me, it, makes me feel, um, it makes me feel hopeful. It makes me feel strong. It gives me hope, and it's also very important for me because otherwise um it would be really difficult to know to know exactly what you should be doing next so thankfully um even when i doubt and even when i try to change my path i'm always reminded that you know the reason some people have respect for me and some people take inspiration from me is because I, I was able to preserve uh, my spontaneity in my, I, I don't compromise.
1: You've been compared to um, some of the greats of uh, Arab music, such as fairuz of course, but there are many examples of uh, women singing revolutionary songs or becoming revolutionary role models in the Middle East. Are you inspired by these women? And as a woman, how do you feel that your voice is particularly powerful in such movements?
2: Well, there's definitely a lot of inspiration to uh, be taken from Fairuz because she created, uh, she created a music style that was able to draw a very, very broad audience and establish herself as a classic print, very, 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 very popular. But at the same time, she created a very interesting music style that's um, very rich and very authentic and um, very interesting musically, like combining all all these Western influences such as like classical music, jazz music, revolutionary, you know, like some even some songs are quite, have such have quite a rock soul in them, and I, I think uh, we have to we have to keep that in mind because I don't think anybody um, necessarily paved the path, you know, for that kind of uh, genre. You know, I think it's a it's a unique genre, and uh, I take inspiration from that and from and from. Uh, um artists who really open up and and push boundaries and you know I, i i i grew up listening to classical music so to me that's always the most essential uh source of of inspiration i like having listening to music like when you're looking at a 360 degrees view you know like where you have mountains and rivers and uh, <laughs> you know like a very dramatic nature site
1: yes about the tradition of arab women uh, becoming revolutionary role models
2: well there's there's not there's not much arab women becoming revolutionary role models unfortunately so that's why i was speaking about fairuz but definitely there's there's a lot of there's a lot of arab women that tried to carry their voices one uh, in a revolutionary way, or not necessarily a revolutionary way, but to me, every woman who raises her voice, her inside voice and her outside voice up high is 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 a
1: battle. Uh, you talked about revolutionary art forms in music, specifically uh, mixing uh, influences in an innovative way. But how about the revolutionary impact of your art form? leading people to not only feel the emotions you're feeling, for example, outrage, but also to take action. I know, I know you did with your song, come to Um Do you think that's important? How do you feel about that responsibility?
2: I do hope that um, when, people, um, when people, when people, when people are inspired, positively inspired by music, they do take action one way or, or another, whether uh, if it w- widens their vision and m- make them be more open um, or give them inspiration to create or um, encourage them to believe in themselves, to believe in their power and helps them connect with with each other, I-, I think those are all things that I'm working on and I hope that, people receive my music in, in, in ways like that.
1: Do you feel that you're impacting people differently when you sing in Arabic or in English?
2: That's a big question because um, I definitely loved singing in Arabic all these years. I I, start, I initially started singing in English because that's that was the music that I was driven, uh, that, that, that I was drawn to. Um, I just I just felt that there was a lot of bullshit in our societies, and so the classical Arabic music also, to me, was was a lot of bullshit and and and, and uh, s- represented dictatorship because of the rules, you know, that you can't be you can't teach yourself uh, music like in in the Arab classic uh music uh, music style you can't be an autodidact you have to learn the maqams and you have to know and as a singer you can't write for yourself you have to stand beautiful on stage and song and sing but <laughs> and you know like my early days when I was singing barefoot on stage in Tunisia, people were like, wow, what is this? You know, to me, music is a liberation. Music is a liberator. So that's why I refused the, <laughs> the, all the classic Arabic music at first. But then eventually I encouraged by a Palestinian friend who presented to me Asfur Talamni Shabek, a song sung by Umayy al-Khalil, um, and that was, that was a little bit of a turning point for me because I realized that it was actually possible to find my own path, sing in my own language so I started writing in Tunisian things that I, I felt it was important to talk about to talk about me and my friends and all our generation because I didn't feel there was anybody talking about us I didn't feel there was anybody translating into music what we were going through as young Tunisians and as young Arabs as well. So that's, that was my first uh, uh, <laughs> adventure in singing and writing in Arabic. But the last few years I, I have been living in, in New York and um, English became a very important part of my life. And it has always been a language that I've, I've, I've always liked. And it was actually my mother language in music. <laughs> so there's there's a song that I started covering. It's a uh, uh, New Year's Prayer by Jeff Buckley. And um, this song was really also a turning point because I I was able to create my complete own version out of that song. And I started opening all my shows with it. And I felt that It was a song that I I don't know if I can describe it, but I felt that I found my new self and that new self uh, I had to explore. And so that's what I tried to explore in my uh, last album. And it also naturally came with singing in English. Um, So I don't know. I I don't know. I, I know that I've always defended the idea that um, music didn't doesn't need any translation, and that music um, music can be felt and understood, and can can really provoke a lot of things in us, no matter what the language is. I I in my early years trying to uh, I was very thirsty about learning and about listening, so. I was able to be extremely moved by songs from Macedonia, from India, from Africa, from all different corners of the world. And because I believe that every word you use brings its own melody and brings its own feelings. You know, there's like probably chemical things in the air that makes every word land in different way when you hear a song. So even if you don't know the language, it is still gonna draw the same uh, feeling and the same uh, reaction, the the same chemical reaction.
1: Definitely, however, living in New York myself, I do know that there is a strong anti-Arab sentiment here and also Islamophobia is a a real issue. So Arabic becomes really loaded uh, in these situations uh, and, and using it becomes a political statement by itself.
2: Yeah, I'm. I still consider myself quite new to this country, but um, I definitely think what you're saying is true, and um, uh, I definitely think that we're not exactly part of the uh, of the minorities. We are. We are a minority. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't born here, and I didn't grow up here, so it must be even more difficult for people who were raised really to be Americans. But yes, I feel that, um, unfortunately, I mean, my minorities should really stick together, like, uh, you know, Latinos, uh, African-American. I think we all should stick together, you know? Uh, because if it's not about me today, if it's about, you know, if it's about you today, tomorrow it will be about me, you know what I mean? So I hope that this movement will, will include everybody. At least I'm, I'm trying to bring my voice to the, to the actual movement and also draw connections between the Tunisian revolution and, the, uh, and what's happening now, because I feel that George Floyd has become what Wazizi became to us when he set himself on fire. To, of course, George Floyd didn't ask to be murdered, but um, I feel that his death will, will not be vain. And it's showing us, I mean, the whole country is torn upside down. And I think it's important to draw those connections, you know, because what happens in Tunisia has consequences and has effects here and vice versa. And I think that if we all believe uh, very strongly in that theory, we can do much better.
1: It's interesting because I think there's definitely in this moment a desire to really strongly imagine the us against them. And um, I think it can be very positive but also very dangerous. And obviously we we have a lot of experience with that in the Middle East, us against them, um, and finger pointing and and sort of setting levels of oppression but what you're saying is that we're we're all basically one and oppression is oppression
2: yeah it's gotta be that way because uh we're all we're all the same you know we all have the same needs more or less the same basic needs you know we all want to be happy we all want a decent living so ultimately we should all have the same uh the same opportunities
1: and how, as an artist, how can you affect that in reality? You know, and with actions.
2: Well, as an artist, it's important to be present and to to uh, to offer um, um, strong proposal, proposals for people. You know, we have to be present with our art, with our um, empathy, with our uh, emotions to draw people to the right cause and to help people really connect. I think that's that's our strongest. Our strength is to really be able to bring people together no matter what differences they have.
1: And do you see yourself as an activist?
2: Sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now more than ever.
1: What does that mean for you?
2: Selfishly, it means that I exist and that I I'm alive and that I can make a change. You know. Uh, I didn't necessarily uh, grow up to think that I absolutely need to make a change, but unfortunately, there has always been need to make a change, to make people, even like among people, there's a need for people to unite despite their differences, to be open to be, that there's no one that should be vulnerable because of their weaknesses yeah so i i think i've always i've always felt the importance of having a a bigger purpose than just you know go through life and you know and settle and enjoy and (laughs) i've always had a bigger quest
1: yes and and you you definitely realize that purpose so as an arab woman we haven't really spoken about that very much but Do you aim to influence other Arab women and to inspire them to become more empowered?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really feel for Arab women and I feel that we still have a long way to go. And um, it's important as an artist and as someone who can um, raise my voice. Uh, I think it's important to uh, support Arab women and help them believe in themselves and help them um, feel strong and help them um, realize that um, there shouldn't be any any uh, there shouldn't be anything that could stop them from from dreaming and for building their own uh, vision.
1: And what does freedom mean to you as a mother, also?
2: Um, I think freedom is 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 important as a mother and as a, as a, as a woman, so that we can. Uh, really take the time to uh, uh, empower ourselves and and, uh, um, teach our daughters that they can do anything they want and that um, it's important for them to be free and to not uh, follow any, any male perspective to have their own perspective.